Caution. Learning in progress. Welcome back to Smarter Every Season. I am your host, Freya Watson, this time, and I've got a couple awesome people in the studio with me today. And I'm here. I was just about to introduce you, Tyler. <laughs> yes, but the joke is that you have awesome people, plus oh, me. Even though he doesn't believe it. Tyler is one of the awesome people. You flatter me. And we've also got <laughs> Matt Bennett, who is trying to silently laugh. So, Matt, welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> We're glad that we got you in, in Tremont today. Yeah, it worked out well, didn't it? It did, it did. So for a little context for anybody who doesn't know you, first of all, shame on them, really, for not knowing They really that, are missing out. I, their lives might be better. <laughs> you are from, West, oh man. West Central Indiana. Is it Covington, though? Covington exit, yeah. It is. Yeah, my kids go to Covington, yeah. You always tell people based on your location to, is it the Beef House? Beef House Restaurant, Which yeah. is a fantastic restaurant. Yeah, pretty good. It Pretty is. Good. And Shelton Fireworks. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I've heard we, of Shelton Fireworks. Yeah, we got Shelton Fireworks. So uh, what did we want Matt here for today? Matt is here today to talk about a little bit about hiring. And hiring was, um, was a subject that we got a lot of feedback from with our giveaway. Um, and it was asked for several times. Um, luckily, we are already planning to do that, so... It's really great to know that we're on the right track with what our dealers want. And now we've got even a little more info and ideas that um, we can do podcasts on. So, so yeah, so we're going to talk about hiring. Um, and, Matt, you are a region manager lead. Yeah. So I, I'm terrible with title, <laughs> titles. Everyone's just – everyone at precision planting that's a good way to explain it yeah so i'm uh the sales organization is pretty flat so uh, i work for a gentleman by the name of doug wiegan who everyone knows uh and one of the leads there are four of us and we have a team of 24 or 26 regional managers somewhere in there um and uh, i manage the central team so i have wisconsin uh minnesota uh, Eastern Iowa and Illinois. Gotcha. And I previously had the third of North America. but So the good news is we're growing and because of the dealers that are listening to the show. And we've had a lot of success. And over time, you can expand and uh, your territories get smaller. So that's a good byproduct. Of Less driving, but still still just as much to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. If uh, I would say that uh, if you run out of stuff to do, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. <laughs> so That's fair. You have to, to do this job and, and, and talking to a lot of the business owners and employees today um, that are going to listen to this podcast, they're going to know exactly what I mean. You, you really never run out of work. Mm -hmm. It's just a prioritization of time and what needs to be done at that time. And then at some point you just got to walk. You just got to take a break, you know? Um, so yeah. Hiring is a very weighty, conversation there's a lot of different directions and a lot of different things we could talk about that fall under hiring where would you like to start like to me it's kind of like it, it if I get to a point in my business where I can't get everything done that I need to it's time for me to hire someone 
Then what, Matt? Yeah. How, how do I get started? Well, I think I think you probably started it off the very the exact right way to look at it is when is the time to hire an employee? Um, you know, oftentimes it, it's a hard thing to do, right? It's oftentimes we will wait too long. It'll come up behind you and right. just smack you. Right. So, um, you know, eventually these uh, these entrepreneurs that are out there that are running these businesses um, get to a point where they need to live their life a little bit because they've just always been able to handle this thing. So, um, you know, that's the biggest the biggest issue is when. Obviously, you there's a financial aspect of that then there's a quality life aspect to that um you know a lot of uh the dealers that are listening today are multifaceted they have more than one revenue stream that's combined into a dealership whether that's farming that's seed you know maybe it's chemical there's some other product or other lines that they're already carrying um and when you wait that decision you you look at hey how can the overall organization support this role as opposed to just, you know, a siloed look saying I need X amount of sales here um, because there's going to be benefits that are going to show up other places in the business with any employee, whether it's a salesman or something else, there's going to be other things. So that, that seems to be the biggest thing. So if you've reached that, that point, you know, a lot of the questions are, you know, I guess is you know, where do we find them? You know, that seems to be the next biggest topic. So if we decide to win, you know, so I've got enough work. I feel like the business is, is sustainable. Um, where do I find employees? And if anyone has been to any business recently, um, there's a lot of jobs, right? <laughs> there are a lot of jobs. There's a lot of places yeah. that are restricting hours because they can't get, you know, they can't get people to work. And uh, so there's this whole um, other complication that is as recently joined this uh, hard conversation of, you know, how to find good employees. Um, and then we'll probably talk about retention at some point of what it's, what it's like to retain these employees and, you know, how do we do those things? So um, th- my biggest coaching on where to find employees is a criticism. <laughs> so um, a lot of dealers aren't utilizing all the tools available to them to find dealers or to find employees, dealer employees. Um, so what kind of tools are you talking about? Like job board, social media, is there something else? Oh, I would say, yeah, all the above. So, you know, is it's it's not just taking out an ad in the local newspaper, right? It's not just word of mouth. Those, those, that, that's, those are good things, right? But it is moved past that. So you have to, you know, have a job that's searchable that someone can find it on Google. So how do we do that? And so my indeed, all these different things, um, social media, you know, social media is free. You know, I am not, um, a huge social media guy. Um, and, uh, but I will tell you that if I was looking for an employee, there's probably no better way to get the word out for free than through those social media, um, friends sharing that information. Um, if you are listening to this and you're in the I States, there is a university within 20 miles of your house, a college or university. Um, there's probably an ag-specific university within 50 miles. And one thing is very common. Anybody that educates people, they want to advertise the fact that they place people. Absolutely. Their goal is the same, right? So how do I get involved and how do I let those institutions know that I, this is what I do 
this is what the type of people I look for. They're probably going to say, do you offer internships? Well, if you're having a hard time finding employees, an internship is, is, a, is a nice way to get somebody in. Um, they can get college credit for it. You can work with the university. Extension offices. I mean, there's just so many people involved in agriculture. If you just think through all the meetings we go through um, that a producer goes through, there's so many opportunities to get the word out there. Local FFAs, you know, uh, every high school, you know, in the, in the, in the grain belt has FFA and they have an advisor, you know, so I, I, I just feel like some of those things are just really simple, but we might overlook them and we just get so stuck in this one way of finding people. Yeah. And as you were speaking, I was kind of thinking about how you have an idea of the kind of person or the characteristics that that person has that you want to hire, right? So going to the places that that type of person would be, like if you have if you want someone to develop going to a university or a high school FFA, that would be like the first stop cuz you're right. There if you live in the I states at a school near you, <laughs> there is probably somebody who who would love to work part time. Yeah, part time or seasonal or seasonal. You know, so so we have this conversation. We automatically just kind of thought full time or mm-hmm. you know, but uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of organizations that just need help in the winter time. There's a lot of organizations that just need part time help. You know, as you sit there and you grow your business and you're scaling it. Uh, everyone wants a full-time accountant. Everyone wants that full-time, you know, payable receivable clerk. That might not be a full-time job at your organization, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so there's a, there's a lot of different ways to look at that. Um, and, and, you know, I think the assessing the need that you have, whatever, based on, you know, financial capabilities, the quality of life, what your business is lacking. Have, you know, have you worked with, uh, a consultant, you know, possibly it, for everyone on this call, that's your regional manager. Uh, <laughs> have them come in and help them, you know, w- assess where we can get better. You know, for a lot of people, there may be just the, it might be that I'm spending a lot of time on something that's not returning investment for my business. So sometimes the conversation of hiring the next employee might be, you should no longer sell that product line because it takes four hours a day and you make very little money. So that could lead to that conversation. So don't be afraid to reach out to the people that you trust, the people that consult, um, you know, your precision planning regional manager should be able to come in and help add some insight into, is this really the right move? For a lot of times it is. Yeah. And a lot of times it, it might not be. And as you were talking there, like going into this conversation, um, and I think based on the feedback we got, we have – some black and white thinking about like like you said like thinking about it's hiring the full-time employee but there's so many shades of gray between not having that employee and having a full-time employee you talked about some of the pitfalls before we started recording (laughs) of what you see guys do so Uh, a common uh, mistake maybe yeah or yes yeah so So one of the things I encounter a lot, and uh, Frey, this may be exactly where you were going with that, and I apologize I didn't pick up on it. <laughs> the, one of the most common things is um, is two people, let's say they're just for, for the sake of our conversation, there's two folks that start a business together. 
One of them's kind of the service install. The other one's kind of the sales and bookkeeping. And as they uh, enjoy success and they start to grow, they decide to hire somebody. And normally what they'll try to do is they will try to hire a salesperson or the thing that they're best at. So it's a real common uh, pitfall that people run into is a lot of times we hire ourselves out of the thing we enjoy the most and the thing we're best at. Um, so for example, there's a lot of people that are very good at, uh, consulting, uh, educating growers and uh, at the base level selling, um, technology to make a farm better. They're hard to replace, but that person that loved and was good at that will then promote themselves to an office job, which they're probably not good at and they probably don't enjoy. And by the way, a talented salesperson is one of the hardest people to find in this role because the ones you're going to find, they either have the experience, they're good at it, so they're probably employed, so they're going to be expensive, um, or you're going to hire a project that you're going to have to invest in. Uh, and then at that point, I better be good at retention if I'm going to build it. So I have a question on this topic from trying to think of like from a dealer's point of view. I think that... Like, in my mind, if I was hiring, I would promote myself because when hiring the person to replace me, I know what is good and what is not good in that job. Mm -hmm. So how how would you coach someone around hiring the person for the position that you're less familiar with or maybe, like, my line of thinking is that if I'm hiring for a job, I don't really understand all the way, and I don't know if this is right. No, I think I think I th like how do I how do I hire the right person? Right, right. So so I accuse them of be bad at bookkeeping, and now I'm just telling them to hire a bookkeeper. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's a great point, right? So I would say that uh, there are some of these skill sets um, that are available at a part time. Um, I, I will use my personal experience just for a sort of example. The reason this is big for me is that my wife and I have four daughters. And my wife and the way our wives are, she can't go leave the house to work a full-time job. Um, and But she absolutely can work part-time. And one of the skill sets that my wife has and is very good at is running the, the household um, she's had jobs where she's worked in offices before, um, accounting, you know, type things, billable, receivable. So there's a, there's a, almost a surplus of people that want to work 15 to 20 hours a week that have that skill set. Now, the reason that you should be able to hire that position is because your business wasn't just started tomorrow. So you have somehow worked your way through it. Right. And when you visit, and you look at the checkbook and you're like, hey, we're almost out of money. And then you realize you haven't sent a bill in 90 days. That's an invoice. You, you're I'm 90 days behind on invoices. Oh, by the way, um, everyone listening, that is you. That happens every spring, doesn't it, right? <laughs> um, and it's okay, but you, it's not sustainable. Uh, so there's some quick things. Like, you know, if, if I'm that person, I'm saying, hey, the right candidate is going to be able to come in, work this many hours, and keep up on billing. And then you we're going to have to get better because we're not doing both of writing invoices faster. You know, you'll find that uh, 
as you take some of the pressure off that position, all of a sudden they will get better at the remaining tasks. There's always something that's getting left. So it, it, not only do you get better at a single position, but the position, the other things get better too. Is that's a really saying. good point. Yeah. So it, so that's definitely it. So if you're, if you're that guy or that person um, and, you know, hey, we do a good job billing up until about February and then we get busy with installs and infield stuff and then you pick it back up in June, that's no bueno. That is not good cash flow for your business. That is a definite point we can get stronger at immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, th- I think you're right. I think it is kind of hard to hire a job that maybe you're not uh, proficient at. Um, but at the same time, you know, um, there are certain things in life that are just universal truths. And when you hit somebody in the wallet or your business in the wallet, you pay attention to it. Yeah. So maybe start there. So I think from what I'm kind of hearing in your experience, when it comes to like the way I find a candidate, it feels to me, Matt, that it's more like I'll associate it in my mind to a marketing campaign. It's not necessarily like there's one exact marketing way that gets everybody to buy from me, but rather it's that I'm out trying multiple different touch points. Right. Is that the same with hiring? Like I'm assuming there's no, probably dealers have found different ways that work for them, but the biggest thing is that you're trying in different avenues. Is that? I would say 100% of the time because what is success? Success is not two people applying for the job. You know, you, you don't have a, a lot of choice in the matter because one of the conversations we're going to have is, you know, deciding on, you know, whether this is the person to hire. And that's part of the conversation. But if I've got two to pick from, it's probably going to be the one that doesn't trip on the way into the building, right? But it, so if I'm using social media at the same time that I'm using word of mouth, at the same time I'm talking to my customers that, you, that I provide a service for saying this is what I'm looking for. You know, I'd love to have a salesman, right? I'd love to have somebody that can come out here and help me sell and install and consult and do all those things. But if I can get somebody to run meters and that takes time off me, that's the position. Or it's bookkeeping or it's answering the phones or it's sending out invoices. You know, there's a lot of other ways around it. You know, there are also certain things that can be farmed out, but it's expensive. Some, a lot of times it's less money to have an employee than it is to have a service that does, you know, and uh, it, depending on the size of the business and how many people we're having, there's might be some people who don't do their own payroll that are listening to this. Um, what is universal is whether you're trying to hire your third employee or your 13th employee, we're all competing in the same place, right? It's the same process. Um, but you could not be more right. The more avenues that you have, um, you know, the beautiful thing about involving the local university, the local FFAs, the people that are in our um, small world, you know, the, the crop consultants, the extension office, the, all those folks, is that once you plant that seed that you're looking, you know, you might have to remind them, but that is a constant you know, thing that's out there that they're going to drive talent to you. You know, employees that enjoy their job is another strong way to attract other employees. You know, Absolutely. yeah, if you love your job, you know, how many people have you told about precision planning because you love working here? I, I tell know pe- one. One? Yeah, <laughs> at least one, right? <laughs> at least one. But but I, I tell people all the time about precision planning because, I mean, this, this place has been pretty powerful in my life. I really love working here. I love the people. 
love the environment. It makes me a happy employee, and I'm going to talk about it. Uh, there's another side to that, though. If uh, people don't enjoy working for you, you better get good at hiring people because you're probably going to have to do it a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, you definitely want it to be an enjoyable uh, time at work is uh, is worth a lot more than any other conversation. Matt, we've talked a little bit about in the process. I want to start by defining what is the role I need? W- what is it that my business needs? What am I looking for? What's the, the skill set and the tasks of the position I'm looking for? To me, the next step then is I'm trying to look for that candidate on social media. I'm, I'm, I'm marketing to try and find that candidate. The next thing to me would be I've got to start to think about what do I ask this person in, in an interview? <laughs> how does how does that work? <laughs> what's, what's your advice there? How do I prepare questions? What do I watch out for? What's Help me start that. I'll, I'll answer that. I want to back up because you said something really smart that we left out. You should probably have a job description for what you're trying to hire, shouldn't you? <laughs> you you kind of alluded to that, and I don't think we said that. Um, but I don't as, think we did. No, but that's really smart, right? The same way. I mean, if you're going to hire somebody for a job, you should probably be able to explain to them what they're going to be doing. What they're going to be doing. And it shouldn't be on the back of a bar napkin. It shouldn't be just word of mouth. I mean, you should probably put it in writing. The 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 biggest problem that people run into with employee retention, and I'm skipping ahead, but we'll go back to it, but is the expectations aren't clearly set, right? And then you think about that to any relationship you have in your life, right? And that, you know, if you don't set clear expectations and they or someone thinks it's the easiest way to disappoint somebody is because your expectations for me I'm not clear on what they were, right? Yeah. Much like having me on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So you take what you get here. Uh, (laughs) um, So interview questions. So the interviewing process is is a pretty dynamic. It can look a lot different. Um, I I will share with, uh, you know, a little bit about how precision planning does it specifically for a regional manager role. Um, but I think there's going to be some similarities and things that we have found that have been very successful that you could probably emulate. Some of it might not make a lot of sense. Um, but you know, we have a written job, uh, description. We have clear expectations of what kind of experience we're looking for the, the minimum for what you have. I mean, one of the things that precision planning and it's probably gonna be true with you. If you don't have a driver's license, you're probably unemployable to a company that needs to have mobile employees. Um, so you write all those expectations out. There are forms um, that you can probably just Google that job description and probably find a template. And you can probably come up with something pretty quick, you know, that would help you along those ways. So I think that's the first thing is a clear expectation um, of what that job is. The second thing is interviewing. How we will do it is we will have a job posting that's out on a job board that's shared on social media that's going to be on several different places on the internet. Um, you know, when we're looking for interns, the universities know, right? And we do all those kind of things. The FFAs know. Um, but for a specific of a regional manager position, it's going to be online. We have all the criteria that we're looking for, the minimum requirements for the job. They will apply and submit a resume, right? So you might want to tell people that, uh, you know, it's probably a good idea to submit a resume and this is where you submit it. I don't know, now I'm getting up there in age, if I would apply for a job that didn't ask me for a resume. That might be a red flag for me, right? It might be a red flag to someone in college that, you know, hey, you're thinking you're being easy to do business with and you're kind of, you might be giving them the wrong impression. I would agree with that. As the youngest (laughs) in the room, 
I would say that's not that I'm still in college, but definitely yeah, that would be a red flag of maybe this isn't something like it's not serious. It's yeah. just a shows desperation, a, maybe a little bit too. Yeah, or just I don't maybe they don't know what they're doing. You know. <laughs> Right. I don't. To me, it wouldn't be desperation. It was just not serious. Like yeah. this is this job is going nowhere. Like this is I'm gonna scoop ice cream for the summer type of job. <laughs> uh, but but th- so that's a great point. You have an expectation right off the bat of what this should look like, yeah. right? So as someone that's trying to attract talent, you should have know that the person that's going to be looking at that job posting has an expectation of what you should look like without even meeting you just because it's just a bare minimum. Right. Um, so, so the next step that we would do is people would, would, we would screen them as they apply for the job. And then we would start a phone interview process. So, Hey, this, this person looks good. Let's talk to him on the phone and maybe have somebody else talk to him on the phone. If you're an example that we started where there was a two person, Hey, Frank calls him the first day and Sarah calls him the second day. You know, let's both talk to him. See, get together. Hey, what'd you think? Is this, is it worth taking time out of our day to bring this person in? Are we serious about him? And on the note of resumes and screening, do you expect as, as the person hiring, do you expect the resume to fit your job post perfectly? Like what percentage, like, can Mm. you give me kind of how you go through that? And like, has there been ones where it hasn't, on paper, maybe not the best, but you still gave them a chance and why you did that. I think it's important for everyone to realize that you are not hiring somebody to build resumes professionally. So it's okay to not have the greatest, most put together resume. Now there might be some spelling things or something like that that might throw a red flag, right? Um, I would hope somebody could proofread or find somebody to proofread, you know, thing like that. But, um, I, th- I think more so than not, and I think that most people listening will agree that the person, their, the way they are, their moral compass, the way they carry themselves, their values is way more important than the previous experience that they had for the job. Now, with that being said, I'm a firm believer that I can make salespeople better, but I can't necessarily create salespeople, right? So that, so I would say that, you know, the expectation of hiring a salesperson and the person says, well, I've never made a cold call. I don't know what to do. It, it's situational. If you got someone that's fresh, they want to try, you just know what you're getting yourself into. Um, but, you know, with that being said, I, I value character far above experience. You however, can teach skills, but you can't teach character. However, yeah, I would agree with that. But I would also say that you also don't hire the nicest guy on the block to be a semi driver when he's never driven a semi, right? I mean, that's just that doesn't make sense, <laughs> yeah. right? So, um, you know, so th- there's some there's some clear expectations there. But basically, we go through a twofold, you know, phone interview. We like them, we bring them in, save it until now. This is going to be a job scarcity thing, so I'm going to say this and. Uh, I'm normally hiring for a job that's uh, a far bigger region than possibly what your dealership covers. And so I'm going to wait until I have four people that just hit it out of the park through the resume process, through the dual phone interview process that like we are going to invest today. Let's interview four or five people. Let's bring them all in the same time. And uh, we will put a panel together. We will have, uh, uh, it won't just be individuals. We'll have, you know, and we'll have them do a presentation. If they're, the RM role is a heavily uh, 
geared towards being able to do public speaking, to create content, to uh, educate, to communicate in a, in a certain manner. So uh, if, you know, and I don't want to give away any trade secrets in case somebody's listening to this, but um, we will pick a product that's not precision planning and have people come in and do a presentation on it. You know, if I asked you to do 12 to 15 minutes and you do 22 and you thought you did a great job, I probably didn't think you did that great a job because you didn't. Anybody can do a great job in 30 minutes, right, or 22 minutes. So it's, it's, it's all expectations. But that, so what the point I want to make is much like how you're getting that out into the marketplace that I'm looking for work or looking for employees is multifaceted. You're, you're trying not to attract one. You're trying to attract many. Also include as many people in the process. You may have people that don't work at your company but could be somebody else that you trust and value their opinion come and sit in. While you were talking, this thought came to my mind. At, at my core, I'm much more of an introvert. I am not somebody that in a big public setting likes to, at a wedding, get around and talk to everybody. My wife is. I like to have about three or four people that I have a real deep conversation with. So usually my wife is, is the one that will stay until the DJ is done at a wedding. <laughs> and usually I'm falling asleep in the corner for the last hour because I'm, I'm, my social energy is burnout. <laughs> But if I was going to start a business tomorrow and go hire someone, one of the first people that I would ask is my wife. Meaning, hey, I'm, I'm starting a business where I'm going to be doing X. Do you know anybody at church? She's from Tremont. Do you know anybody around town that it might be good to talk to? She loves that. She loves being connected and, and talking to many different people and being in social settings. And like, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking and, and you t jump in and tell me if this is a crazy idea, but like for me on that panel and asking for advice on who I hire, one of the first people that I would ask would be my spouse. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that, you know, if, if it's doable, anyone that you have a deep respect for, it could be a deacon from your church. It could be, uh, it could be one of the customers, you know, somebody you have a closer relationship with, like, hey, yeah. I want to bring this guy and interview him for a job. You mind sitting in on it, you know? It's just good because there are things, social cues, there are things that will stick out to other people that won't stick out to you. There will be a line of questioning that you won't pursue or you'll be happy with an answer and someone else will sign a uh, follow-up question. Understand that in an interview, everyone is guarded, right? They, you're, you want to try, you're always trying to soften the shell. You're always trying to get somebody to open up a little bit I really want to, if I interview somebody and I don't feel like I don't know them any better, that wasn't a good interview. And that, and that might be my fault. Maybe I didn't write the, that question. So you That's take. That's a really good point. Well, you take your, the, the things that you might have been inadequate about, and I take it times two other people, there's a good chance that someone's going to pick up the slack that I dropped and is willing to chase the scent and down a, down a path that I, that I missed. And to, to that point we had talked about earlier, um, when interviewing, you had talked about, um, if, if you spend an hour with somebody interviewing and you don't, you didn't enjoy that hour, right. you probably won't enjoy working for with them 40 <laughs> hours a week. So, yeah. So or something to that. Yeah. So I think the, the conversation, you know, we had a lot of conversation before we started we actually recording the podcast. Um, if you don't enjoy spending time with them, um, you should probably think hard about hiring them. Um, because uh, there, there's probably going to be coworkers, and I, I think this is probably true in my life. I spend more time 
with coworkers than I do with my wife. And I love my wife. I married my wife. I built my my life with my wife. But I spend more time probably talking to coworkers than I do with my wife, you know. Um, so you have to, there is, you've got to really enjoy this person's company um, or at least have uh, a common ground in which, you know, you guys can build off of, right? Um, you know, in interviewing, the other thing I would point out is the person that interviews the best might not be the best employee. There's why is that? I, there's just people that are good at interviews. I've seen it. You know, there are people that, because you can, you can watch YouTube videos, you can, you know, so you want to make sure that you prep a lot for the questions you're going to ask, right? Um, another way to get me to walk out uh, of being a prospective employee is if somebody asked me what kind of animal I am or if I was an animal, I, I'm probably just going to nod and smile. And, What's your favorite color? Yeah. And I'm, why? I'm probably going to leave. You know? <laughs> so, so you, you want to value their time. You want to you really take some time. And if I've struggled hiring and attracting talent, I might not be doing a good job interviewing them, right? Um, don't be afraid to be temporary. Don't be afraid to say, hey, why don't you come, you know, do a ride-along with me? You know, spend some time. You know, the more time, you, especially if you're serious, you know, especially if, you know, we're getting to this thing. I mean, I, and I was telling this, telling somebody here the other day, like it, the, the fuel station by my house, uh, the pilot gas station on 74 has a sign on the door when you go in to pay for gas, that they're hiring for people at Arby's, and I think it's $18 an hour. And In Indiana. To make a roast beef sandwich. And I don't even think they make the – I think they just assemble it, right? <laughs> so that's important to know. Um, but what I'm getting at is, is that you're probably going to be making a sizable investment. Don't be – if somebody's really interested in the job, they're not going to be put off by you wanting to spend a little bit of time with them. I can tell you right now, just to bring somebody on and say, you know what, come come ride along with me. Come work with me for a day. Let's make sure you like it. Make sure, you know, it's going to work out. You know, you can pitch it off that it's for them to make sure it's something they're going to enjoy. I promise you, if you pay them for that time and it turns out not working, that's the best, that's the cheapest way out of the situation. Yeah. Right? It really is. Um, so don't necessarily look for the person that's going to be the, the, the best interviewer, you know, and, and, and I know that we're having a conversation where there might be somebody listening saying, man, I'm lucky if I can get two people to apply. Um, so we need to fix how we attract people. Mm -hmm. What, what, what kind of, what are we, what are we putting together to make this an attractive thing? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so before, you know, so that would be some of the things, you know, that some of the tips of interviewing is to, okay. you know, to, to probe, you know, you want them to open up. You want to get out of the, the, the I guess, scripted answers that, you know, things, you know, the yeah. bi buzzword bingo is a thing you can probably play sometimes with during interview process. So on the subject of interviews, um, I, I've heard that there's a certain dealer um, when they do interviews, and I just wanted to bring this up because I thought it was very interesting. Um when they're hiring, they have somebody, another employee go out and look at the person's truck <laughs> to see how, how clean it is. Because one of the values of their business and their sh is keeping their shop clean and organized. Oh. So, like, I'm not saying to just to do that or that's, like, the key. Because... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure it's not, but I found that really interesting. Like they, that's, that's a thing that they identified that was really important to them 
to have an employee. So, uh-huh. like, if there's something that bothers you during your work week or your work day that you've seen time and time again, like, is there a way to check for that in, in, in the interview process? So, so I, I would say yes. Um, the biggest thing w- is something called references. Um, <laughs> is, is the is the first thing I would suggest. So uh, most professional companies are going to ask for references. So when you're deciding to say, hey, it's probably a good idea to have a resume, it's probably a good idea to say something like references. You know, we'll, we're going to ask for references, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, valuing a reference is a whole other conversation, right? Um, my relatives will probably say good things about me no matter what. Right. So, so you gotta, so you got, you have to value it a little bit, but those are those little things. And for that yeah. person, um, that's something that's, you know, they identified something that someone with a, you know, a, a dirty truck might not necessarily, I, I think that it's important to show up and to take it seriously and to be professional. And I'd like to see, you know, that they're dressed appropriately for what I'm asking them to apply for. Um, and that doesn't mean, you know, suit and tie necessarily. Have you ever had a reference backfire? I have a story from my college years about references backfiring. <laughs> All right. So um, if you don't know, I was a collegiate athlete, and I was on the track and field team. When I came in, I had one set of coaching staff. They, uh, the head coach and some of the assistant coaches, got – offers from another larger university they got like double the pay so it was it was great good for them so they had to hire like coaching you oh yeah this other school saw like you developed her (laughs) here's a blank check well it's it's important to point out that she wasn't just a college athlete she was a very successful college athlete that finished top you know level in the ncaa finals right where i could also say i was a college athlete for you I was really? an NCAA athlete. Now, I also, but I was at the lowest level of what's considered NCAA competition. <laughs> You've told me the school before. Uh, Franklin College. You were a lineman? I was a lineman. Yeah. I was a guard. Yeah. Yeah, I played cool. offensive that's, line in college. I think maybe you've told me that before, but It's almost, great. it's probably about as memorable as what my career actually was, <laughs> you know. but anyway back to my story so we got a new set of coaches and the university hired a a head coach from sacramento state they got a lovely reference she had been an athlete at siu and so they like hired her and then two years later this was my sophomore year two years later after i left she got fired, and they found out, like, during my senior year, there was all this stuff going on, and they found out that, like, Sacramento State was just trying to get rid of her. <laughs> and that's why they gave her a, a glowing. stellar, glowing reference. So I don't know, like, I don't want anyone to, <laughs> to not get references by that, but I don't know, like, how often that happens. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, you know, I, I will say that the as I'm a college football fan, and Notre Dame hired a coach that they found out lied on his uh, stuff, and they fired him. And uh, and uh, and that guy's coaching other places now. But yeah. when they found out, it was like they immediately 
got rid of him. Yeah. Like, you know, because he lied on his resume. Here's what I will say. References are only valuable if you are willing to ask and take your time in interviewing the reference. Right. So that that's really the answer. So um, because, you know, anyone can hang in there and say, yeah, good kid. He's a good kid. Right. Yeah. You know, there's <laughs> there, there's a lot of good kids in prison, right? <laughs> <laughs> probably. Um, so, so, so what I'm saying is, is that if you're not willing to ask good questions and to have the type of conversation that can unravel the stuff a little bit, uh, and be honest with the the person that's using the reference. Look, I'm not looking for this. Is not I'm not looking for Mother Teresa here. Like I, everyone has flaws, right? Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to tell me about their flaws. Ask questions that bring out their flaws. Where do you think this person is weakless? The weak, yeah. weakest, you know, um, you know, don't be afraid to ask those kind of questions because references are really worthless if you're not going to ask challenging questions and take your time with it, you know. And you know, when I accept family, you know, most of them it has to be somebody that you're non-related to and work. But you know, the way those work, you can probably be interviewing an uncle or inter- you know, referencing an uncle that second cousin, right? You know, <laughs> right. To uh, finish up here. Because we've we have droned on a little bit, <laughs> but there's one burning ca- question that I think I w- I want to talk about briefly, um, is deciding compensation. I think that's a big part of hiring. It's a big decision in hiring, um, and we were I- and you even mentioned like Arby's paying eighteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. How how what what advice would you give for our, our current environment and and compensation expectations so i would start off by saying what you have paid and offered in the past is probably not you know it's just unfortunate reality that uh, people are more expensive right now right the Mm -hmm. market is that way um so i i think compensation incentives and how you how you piece things together um i i think I think it's all based on, you know, the, the position you're trying to hire. I think that there are uh, compensation ranges for what impact they have on the business. There's compensation for whether that person is part-time, seasonal, or as a full-time employee. I think that the work history plays into that a lot. I mean, you're going to pay a lot more for a 10-year um, seasoned employee than you are for someone that's just starting out. That is something in your business you're going to have to evaluate. The pay scale is, you know, has a lot to do with where you are, what you're competing against. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the reasons that Arby's is paying $18 is because there's uh, factory labor everywhere in that area that pays 25 you know. And if you're willing to drive to Lafayette, Subaru will hire you tomorrow, you know, and they pay really good, right? So so there's, there's a lot of those things that are um, – factors that influence you know what the incentive package should look like um but i would look if especially if you can't afford the talent put something together especially if it's a merit-based position you know a salesperson is going to come in and a lot of them are uh, are going to want just a big salary no matter what i sell i want a big salary well there's a counter to that how about i pay you really good on what you sell and no salary and then you probably end up someplace that's a lot healthier for both of you um, but yeah, people have got more expensive. Good people are always expensive. Um, hiring the wrong guy is very expensive or gal. 
Um, so you definitely just want to take your time and uh, um, ask them up front. You know, what, what, what are your expectations of what do you want to earn? What are your earning expectations? Um, I can tell you that there have been numerous times where I do not pursue conversations. Um, it shows emotional intelligence uh, or a lack of if someone puts out a really um, a salary number or an expectation that does not make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's... I can tell you that from a factory rep standpoint, uh, in our industry, I have a really good idea of what that range is. And when I hear something that's not in it, I know that that person's either playing a game and trying to get somewhere. And a lot of times I won't, I, the game's over, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to spend it. What if I fall in love with you? I'm not going to hire you for that. Yeah. So I'm just upfront and honest with it. Hey, that's not what that job pays. You know, um, we can end it right now or you can adjust your expectations, you know? Um, how would you encourage a dealer to find what that reasonable or competitive wage is? Yeah, so it's tough. I mean, uh, yeah, if you're if you're in agriculture, which you are, if you're listening to this, there's probably equipment dealers that have ag technology positions. So there's sometimes those those are numbers are easy to find. Um, if you're per, you're listening to this, you're a precision planning dealer, obviously, and you have numerous exposures to other people to do what you do whether it's at uh, Dealer Insider, Winter Conference, PTI, reach out to your fellow dealers. You know, and you maybe don't want to call the guy that's right next door, um, but you ought to be able to get some regionalized idea of what that position pays and what the expectations are. Uh, I think more so than, uh, especially when hiring uh, younger, less experienced people, um, don't be afraid to start them out low. Don't be afraid to tell them what they're going to get and how you're going to expose them and how you're going to make them better. And don't be afraid to put a glide path together that says, you know, hey, after this, we're going to reevaluate your pay after this. Um, by the way, if we do well, you do well. You know, some incentives. You know, don't be afraid to, to play that because you, you'll find that a lot of times that um, it may, may start out that, uh, especially for people that have never <laughs> Don't have a lot of time in the workforce. I can tell you that m- my deciding factor on how much I love working here has very little to do with what I get paid at the end of the day. I mean, it's a factor and it matters, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, what you're a part of and wh- what can I grow to? Am I growing? Um, you know, do they reward success? Does my boss appreciate me? There's those little things that um, don't have monetary value, but have a huge value to employee retention. Um, for those that are, constantly in the job uh, cycle of hiring Uh, and you may have a retention problem and it may be that your position tops out or you're not uh, you're not developing the talent Um, because I mean like I said I mean I know you said we're going to finish up but I mean there's so many factors that go into this Um, but uh, I would definitely say that if it's something you're not comfortable with something you're always having to repeat there's something broken in what you're doing so don't be afraid to sit down and evaluate it. Are you attracting the wrong type of person? How do you attract the right type of person? Right? Do I need to move the base salary up and the incentive down? Right? Do I need to do the opposite? Right? Do am I am I constantly taking a flyer on these people with no experience? Maybe I need to hold out and hire a better employee um, with a little bit more talent, with a little bit better expectations. You know, um, so. Those are those things that that just that lead into it. There's no clear-cut answer. 
Um, you know, there's some people that value um, their free time and vacation. Um, I have a great, great friend that works at was Lawhoff's now Bungie. He's been there a long time. And he gets to take off and go hunt ducks when duck season comes in. I could care less about hunting a duck. But that's a big deal to him. Yeah. You know, so don't don't get tied into this thing that it's only dollars and cents at the end of the day. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and don't be afraid to sell yourself. And don't be afraid to take the time to put something together to where there's expectations of where you can move to, what are other things you can do. And reach out for help. There are people that will help you. You know, there's a you have a dealer that, a principal of another dealer that you're close with, ask questions, bounce off. You know, do use that time together, dealer insider, reach out. And definitely utilize your regional manager. Because a regional manager is going to have a really good idea across their larger area with 20, 20 dealers or 17 dealers or 20, 40, whatever they, the, whichever RM it is, uh, guys are going through the same thing. So... Okay, so I'm going to stop our audio with Matt and Tyler right here. Um, we had a awesome, super long conversation. Obviously, you guys have been listening um, for nearly an hour now. Um, but we're going to continue on the, the conversation of hiring in our next episode. And I'm actually going to bring on Laura Smith from our HR team and then the last half of our conversation with Matt. So be looking forward to that and all the good advice we can get uh, from, from these two wonderful individuals. So thank you again for listening to Smarter Every Season. Um, I will be talking to you in two weeks. And if you have anything to add, any questions, don't forget our email is smartereveryseason at precisionplanting.com. Uh, send us an email if you're feeling frisky. We love hearing from you. Um, so thanks and see you later.